Hey, it's Marianne, and welcome to the Leap of Faith podcast. Today, I'm so grateful to have Brigitte van Tuyl as my guest. And let me briefly introduce her to you. Brigitte is a writer, a teacher, a master coach, and a defined selfishness advocate. She works with women entrepreneurs and helps them to do their business and life their way without compromising, sacrificing, or changing who they are. And she's currently writing a series of books called The Art of Defined Selfishness, How to Transform Your Life, Your Business, and the World by Putting Yourself First. Welcome, Rashid. Lovely to have you here. Thank you, Marianne. I'm so glad to be here. I'm really excited about our conversation and curious to see where the conversation takes us. Yes, me too. And uh, I was really um, surprised when you uh, when you sent me a message like, I, it would be it would be great to be in your podcast. And I really liked it that people like the podcast and feel like this is something they want to be. So, so what made you decide to join the Leap of Faith podcast? Um, well, first of all, it was totally intuitive. Um, and since I always honor my intuition, I just, you know, I just felt, okay, I just need to send you that message. And uh, so I did. But what triggered that was that I read um, an update from you, a post from you on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the Leap of Faith podcast. And I don't recall what exactly you wrote about that. Um, but it was just the words leap of faith. And I'd seen that before because I, you know, we, we've been following each other for a while on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So I'd noticed some of your posts before. And I always, when I saw leap of faith, I always loved that. And I don't know why now the intuitive idea came to send you a message like, hey, I want to be on your podcast. But I do know that leap of faith I so resonate with that word, with that term, because that's what I, well, I can illustrate it by the book mm -hmm. that I'm, I'm finishing now. That's the yes. first book of the series that you mentioned. And I think you also mentioned the title of it, um, Unmute mm -hmm. Your Life, Break Free yes. from Fear and Go for What You Really Want. And that is all about taking a leap of faith. Ah. That's all, it's... And to me, that leap of faith is just, and these are not the words that I use in my work. That's really, you know, your thing and, and how you use it. But what I constantly see in, in my work with people, with women entrepreneurs, it's all about, you know, be true to who you really are and what you really want. Be true to your soul. And that requires you to do that, to really be true to that, requires you to take leaps of faith daily. Yeah. yeah. One big leap of faith. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I just completely resonate with leap of faith. And I love that you are doing this podcast and that it, that you really want to invite people and inspire people to take their own leap of faith. And I so resonate with that because I truly believe <laughs> that when everyone does what they are born to do on this planet here, right, right here, right now, when you really live who you are, that's the solution to everything. 
then yeah. you have world peace. You know, I truly believe that. And it requires uh, a leap of faith. Yeah, I so align with you when you mentioned world, world peace, because my mission, I think I mentioned it before in other podcasts, is to raise consciousness. And raising consciousness leads to people living from their heart, their soul. And imagine that Donald Trump would live from his heart and act from his soul. What would change in the world? You know, if all the presidents would live from their heart, there would be world peace. So, and yes. you know, in the past, I thought it's impossible. You know, world peace is too big to be true. But so many people like you, so many people are working on the same theme at the same time and that's why yeah, i use different words i say legal faith and you say, use different words but we you know basically we are i think doing the same kind of work and yeah you can say one person at a time or one group at a time yes. don't you agree yes i totally agree because world peace it's just you know i mean that's truly what i believe but it's not my focus when i do my work at all no. because that's just too big the only it's too focus, big yeah the only focus i have is to be true to myself to express my soul to live my own life coming from my heart and to inspire the people around me to do the same whether they're my clients or you know and to let that shine through in everything that i do mm -hmm. and when you say to express my soul can you explain that a bit to the listeners? Because some people, I think, find the word soul uh, a bit difficult, you know? Mm, yeah. Well, I think another way to put it, and this is something that I think everyone can relate to, is the feelings and knowing that you have deep down. You know, mm -hmm. I think that is some something that everyone knows. Sometimes you can be so aware that, you know, you can really feel like, okay, what I would really love to do or what I would really like to say now. or And it can be just the littlest things like the, um, the hairdo you would really like. Maybe you would really like to know what it looks like when you paint your hair pink, but mm -hmm. you don't do it because you're afraid that you're too old for it or people will think it's stupid or it's not professional and so you don't do it. But deep down, you have that longing. Like, I would really like to know what I look like when my hair is pink. And that is just a super simple example and, and maybe superficial, but that it doesn't matter. It's it's about the, the deep down, the things yeah. you know and feel and desire deep down. And that deep down, that is where your own truth lives. That is who you are, the blueprint of you, the real you. And that is your soul. And that deep down feeling and area, everyone has it and everyone knows it and what what i mean by expressing your soul is that you honor those deep down notions like yeah. for example when i got that intuitive nudge to send you an, a, a message on instagram like hey if you're ever looking for a guest on your podcast i'd love to do that that was an intuitive nudge meaning deep down i felt that this was something that I had to do in that moment. By doing that, I was honoring my intuition, I was expressing my soul, but really what I was doing, I was 
reacting on what I felt deep yeah. down. Yeah, and it, I also hear, you don't mention it, but I also hear there's a deep trust in following your intuition yes. and uh, not trying to make it logical. Is yes. That's what you're saying? Yeah. Yes. And, and I think, and that's where the leap of faith, your leap of faith comes in. You don't even have to trust it in order to follow it because then oh, you wow. have like the chicken egg thing, you know, like what comes first, the leap of faith or the trust. But the whole essence of the leap of faith is that you take it, you follow that thing you know is true for you without any guarantee that it will work out and without knowing what will happen next and to do it anyway. Yeah. It's, I, I, I hear what you're saying and there, there is some basic trust coming along the way because yes, pe I know that people want to have like a certainty that, okay, if I take that first step, what will happen next? And I yes. think you and I uh, work with clients who want to, to learn how to take that first step without knowing, uh, without, be, uh, without being attached to the outcome. That's really something we didn't learn at school no. and what our parents didn't learn that neither. So um, that it's really not easy to, to do that. No. And, <laughs> no, and you know, the same as starting this podcast, I had the idea of starting the podcast because it was also an intuitive hit and I was not like figuring out, okay, how can I do the podcast in the most perfect way? I just announced it and because I announced it, there's also like a commitment you give to the universe, but also to the listeners, to the people who follow you. To, to actually do it and, and, and share with them, okay, you know, even I don't know what I was doing, but I had to do it. Yes. Yeah. True. And I think it's very important that you mention that because it, it really is not easy. And well, it can be, but often it's not to take those leaps of faith and to follow your intuition and to do what you deep down know is right for you. No, it's not always easy. And, and at the same time, you can practice it. Practice it, yes. It's, it's absolutely totally a practice. And what I often tell people is to just practice with things that you have absolutely no attachment to. Just uh, practice with that. You have so, an example. Yeah, just a super simple thing. When you go to the supermarket today and you're standing in front of the vegetables and you're wondering, what shall I eat today? Then try to get quiet for a moment. Just breathe deeply and feel how your feet stand on the floor so that you are really in your body and your mm -hmm. mind is not racing 20,000 miles an hour thinking about all the things you still have to do or why you didn't do this or you know just be in the moment get as quiet as you can in that moment and if you can't that's fine just do this with a totally loud mind it doesn't matter and ask your body ask your intuition how you do that is simply think it in your mind mm -hmm. what is the best nutrition for me today. What does my body really need? 
and just see what comes up, see what happens. Maybe the word cauliflower comes to mind, or maybe your eyes are suddenly drawn to Brussels sprouts or mm -hmm. whatever. And just I love it. Pick it up. It's, yeah, it. it's a very good example. Thank, thank you, Brigitte, because this is really something everybody can practice today. If, we, yes. if you have to go to the supermarket, do it, try it out yes. and take your first maybe leap of faith in the supermarket. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And when you practice with things like this, you can also practice when you get up in the morning and you stand in front of your closet and you're wondering what to wear instead of think about what you're going to wear, do the same thing. Take a deep breath and just ask in your mind, which clothes support me today? Or uh, what's the best color for me to wear today? And then again, notice maybe your eyes are drawn to something. Maybe a word comes up in your mind. And when you practice with things like this, a couple of things happen. First of all, there, it's easy to let go of your attachment because who cares whether your intuition tells you to eat cauliflower or Brussels sprouts, <laughs> assuming that you like both those vegetables. Who cares? What does it matter? You, can, you know, it's one or the other. Big deal. No, it's not a big deal. And with your clothes, it doesn't matter. Whatever and whatever you're, you decide to wear is what you wear and, and hopefully you feel good in it, but it doesn't matter. And so... You so because there is absolutely no attachment to the outcome, to the answer that you will get, you can play with it and it helps you recognize how you receive the answers from your mm. own truth. Because for some people, it's, it, it comes up as a thought in their mind. For other people, get an image in their mind. Other people yeah. maybe get a smell. Other people get a sensation in their body. And these are all different ways that your truth, your intuition, your soul are communicating with you. And you can learn to recognize that more and more. And then you can you know, start to practice with other things th that are just fun. Like, for example, let's say you are meeting a friend of yours today and then just close your eyes for a minute and relax your body and your mind as best as you can. And then ask yourself, okay, so what color do I see them wearing today? And perhaps this is a friend who always wears black. I don't know. <laughs> then yeah. It won't work, but maybe there's something else you notice. Maybe you notice that they're wearing a necklace or that they have their hair in a ponytail or whatever. Just play with it. Maybe nothing comes up. Maybe something comes up. These are all ways that you can play with feeling into intuition and, and things that you can't possibly know, but maybe still do know and pick up on. And so just play with it. And when you do decide to play with it, make notes, take yeah. it, write it down so that you start to see the evidence that damn, your intuition was absolutely spot on. Yeah. Uh, thank you for this mini training, Brigitte. It's really helpful for the people, especially when they don't trust their intuition yet. And I'm wondering, um, when did you start to listen to your intuition? Can you remember that? Um, yes. Uh, for me, when, well, 
I, and I think we're, and first of all, we are all intuitive, just to be clear. Everyone mm -hmm. has intuition. And um, uh, when I was a kid, I sensed all these things. And um, I, you know, when someone said something, I didn't just hear what they said, but I also heard what they didn't say. Wow. That was just for me, that was just, I heard both. And I responded to the thing I felt was most important, which nine times out of 10 is the thing people do not say, mm -hmm. which of course they don't like. I mean, yeah. they don't say it for a reason, but as a kid, I couldn't filter that. And the only thing I noticed was that I was responding to people or saying things to people and then they got mad or there be was this awkward situation and then someone said, oh, you can't say that or uh, that's, you know. And what's so, happened to you because of their reaction? Well, that's when I closed it off. I was like, okay, so I shut down my intuition. That was not really a conscious decision, but I did shut it down. Yeah. And then years later, when I was training to become a coach, I had already started to use my intuition for myself. Um, uh, and I don't think that ever left me, but I started to more consciously use it, I think, since I was 23, 24 or something, when I was really into uh, growth and spirituality, when all of that started to come for me. And then when I was training to become a coach when I was 30, that's when I opened it back up completely again because I realized, whoa, that gift is what makes me a great coach because yeah. I just know, I just know people don't even have to say anything. I know what's going on. I know what we need to talk about. I know. And they can tell me whatever. I always hear what really needs to be expressed, whether they say it or not. So that's when I opened it up back again um, consciously, really very consciously. But then when I actually started my business and started coaching people, I consciously used my intuition, but I did not talk about it. And I felt weird about it as well, because so often I had these intuitive hits that I had no way of explaining where they came from. So I was careful expressing that because I was afraid that people would ask, how do you know? How do you know? How yeah. do you know? And I was afraid because I thought, well, I don't, how do I know? Yeah, well, I just know that's not really an answer. And I had the, the idea that I needed to have a good solid answer, you know? And, but then, so I used my intuition and expressed these intuitive hits with people I felt were totally open for that. And when I was working with clients who weren't completely open to intuition or I wasn't sure if they were, I wouldn't talk about that. I wouldn't address it until one day I noticed, okay, leap of faith. Yes. I noticed, okay, this is no longer working. This is enough. I'm simply not getting the results I know I can get when I don't use my intuition. So fuck it. From now yeah. on, it's intuition. I'm going to use it. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to uh, openly take a stand for it in my work. I'm going to write about it. I'm going to blog about it. And fuck what anyone thinks of it. 
I so this know. this sounds like your one of your first big leap of faith because you corrected course right yes. right with your with your work absolutely because uh, I think I I read somewhere you told me that you were working as a career coach uh, like I did in the past uh, which is which is a bit more structured because people want to change jobs and they want a different career and there are also practical things involved. And then from one day to another, you, you corrected course. So, so, and I think you also started to work in English because before then you worked in Dutch, right? Yes. Yes. And there was another leap of faith. And I actually changed because the career coaching thing and really I never, there was just a label I chose because when I started uh, coaching back in 2003, really what I did was help people find their soul's purpose. And now when you say soul purpose or mission or calling people know what you mean people know what you talk about google soul's purpose and you get millions of hits i don't know yes try it but you know but back then <laughs> but back then everyone was like what and most people in the netherlands didn't even know what a coach was or no. what they did and um so i had to find a i started out by saying well i help help you find your soul's purpose so that you can find a job that you can express your soul's purpose in. Well, people had no clue what I was talking about. So that's why I changed my language to, okay, I'm a career coach and I help you figure out what you truly want to do in your Yeah, life. and that makes sense. You know, this, this is also yes. a bit like sell them what they want and give them what they need. Exactly. And, and not even sell them what they want, but meeting them where they are. In, where they are. in language yeah. they can understand because when when i was using language that they didn't <laughs> understand i had to train them to see that oh right yes you are talking to me so yeah but anyhow but i think starting my business was my first leap of faith when you when you look at business that was really a big step for me um the the coming out of my intuitive spiritual side was a leap of faith Mm -hmm. And then I felt that I had totally outgrown the career coaching. Let's stick to that word. And I was just so bored with it. And I so felt that it was time to do something else. And, um, and I wasn't really sure what that was. So that was a leap of faith to open up. I took like so a your, your, your biggest Yeah, your biggest sign was I was bored. Yes totally fed I, up with it yeah i always want to stress in this this podcast the signs so that people get to understand if they have those signs too that they have to look further and get yes. curious yes and boredom damn that is <laughs> such a sign that you've outgrown what you're doing and there is something more something different something else or just the next level of what you're doing is calling you. Absolutely. Yeah. And you took a sabbatical. Yeah. So I gave myself a sabbatical for like six months or something, or as long as I needed to. And I shut down my Dutch business. And so without knowing what's next. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was a leap of faith. And then, you know, I thought I got to realize like, oh yeah, I, I know. I just, I want to reach million of women around the world. And, uh, and I, I had known that and felt that 
before, but then that sounded so big and scary that I just buried that idea, that dream, but then it came back two years later when I gave myself that sabbatical. And it came back and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And so then I started to work in English and changed my audience, changed my offerings, everything. And so that was another leap of faith. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and it must be, I don't know if you felt it, but it must be scary to really stop something while it's working and start something new without knowing uh, exactly if it will work out or was this was there in you kind of a trust okay this is what I have to do I can't do it differently yeah there was just and I think that's partly because well you know there's the beautiful quote like and one day it became too painful to remain a bud of, or something you know the Anais Nin oh god I'm totally butchering it forget about the quote <laughs> it's beautiful uh, but maybe perhaps you know which one it is but yes. um, really what happened for me and I think that's what happens for a lot of people um, there's your desire and there's your fear and then as long as your fear is bigger than your desire it's easy to well not easy but you know it's doable to tolerate what you have and yes to make that as acceptable and be comfortable nice yeah to make that as nice and enjoyable as you can but then the desire is still there but then at some point it shifts and the desire becomes simply becomes bigger than your fear. And um, so that's what happened for me. And that's also when I said, okay, well, that's the last time that I allow that to happen because it's so much more effortless to act on your desire straight away instead of waiting until your current situation becomes too painful. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. So if someone's listening to this and thinks, yeah, well, yeah, I definitely have a desire, but my fear is just, oh, it's just too, too big. big. That's fine. Don't beat yourself up over it and do not force yourself to take any steps that you truly do, don't feel ready for. You can, of course, go work with a coach or, or ask for support or, or whatever and, and take that leap anyway. But you don't have to. No, it's it's not, uh, can I interrupt you? It's not about, you know, showing the world no. how courageous you are. And no. at the same time, the fear is too big. Yeah. So I, I hear what you're saying that, that at a certain moment, it's like bigger. The desire becomes bigger yeah. than the fear. And I think there will always be fear. Yes. And that's fine. But you know what? I also believe that what Whatever it is that is truly meant for you. And I know this is the vague area meant for you. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? <laughs> Who How do decided? I How do I know? But it's that same deep down feeling. Um, the things that are absolutely meant for you, they will come to you at yes. the exact right time. It will come. It will come. And I don't know. You can use words like destiny or you can use a word like soul purpose or you can say the life that you are meant to live. Being in your element. Yes. These are all expressions that point to the same thing. And I don't know even exactly know what it points to because who really knows how all this works? I don't. And I don't think anyone really does. No, and that's fine. 
But I do feel when I look at my own life that there are just things that are meant to be. And I believe that the same is true for everyone, whether it's the partner you are now living with, whether it's the work you do, whether it's the country you live in, whether it's a friendship you have. There, I think everyone knows that feeling that you look at something in your life and you're like, yeah, that was just meant to be. And when you yeah. look at those things that are just meant to be, look at how they came to you. They just yes. were there. It just unfolded. You don't know. You didn't have a plan. You didn't have no. a strategy. It just somehow happened. And when you look back at how it happened, you really don't know. And so, and that's where you can find so much trust as well that allow life allow. to happen yeah. for you. Allow move along with the flow of life, meaning move along with what you feel calls you. And sometimes what calls you is a desire, something you really want. Sometimes what calls you is a situation you absolutely no longer want anymore. And you say, okay, that's it. Now I'm moving on to something else. I want something different. I don't know what it is yet, but I do know that I'm done with this. Whatever it is that, whatever your unfolding looks like, it will happen. It already is happening. Mm -hmm. And those things you know and feel deep down, you can trust them. And how do you know when you look back at your entire life, you will see that everything that's meaningful in your life right now, it happened for you it came to yeah. you in ways you don't really know how and all the things you've ever stressed about in the past they have all worked out somehow the biggest questions you had the biggest fears you had they're gone it's solved yeah. something else came in its place beautiful and while you're talking i hear so much groundedness in you and um i can imagine that people also would like to know that they are curious so so what is your like lifestyle or your daily ritual in order to be so connected to be so aware and reflective because i can imagine if you're very busy uh it's difficult to feel it and to be aware that life is working for you Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the first thing that um, that's important is to know that this is something that it requires a work. Is that the right word? It takes practice mm -hmm. and practicing this, it, you need, you need moments of quiet for it. And Sometimes, and it means to, to make it a priority, to take yeah. and create those moments where you reflect and turn inwards, because that in the end is all it is, to turn inwards. So even if you're very busy, there are always moments where you have the opportunity to turn inwards, when you stand in line at the supermarket, when you are stalking traffic, when you're in the elevator, when mm -hmm. you are making a phone call and you are on hold, uh, the, the 30 seconds after you woke up, whatever, you can find time and dedicate that time 
to simply connect inwards. And you can do that in all kinds of ways. Some people love to meditate. If that's your thing, do that. You can also do it when you walk in nature. You can do it while you are doing in the gym. yoga. You can do it in the gym. You can do it while cooking. All it requires is that you quiet yourself and instead of feeding yourself input from the outside world whether it's music or reading or watching a netflix series and there's nothing wrong with any of that but do it not do it just for a moment and turn your attention inwards what am i yeah. what's going on inside me what's going on in my body where in my body do i feel relaxed where in my body do i feel tension what happens when i just let that tension be what happens when i breathe a little bit deeper what is weighing on me now what is what makes me happy what's exciting in my life right now just ask yourself those questions and you if you like journaling like i'm a journal junkie i love it you can write i know it's it down yeah. But that's not everyone's thing. But it doesn't matter whether you do it, whether you do it journaling or just in your mind. The essence is, the point is to take a moment to feel and notice what's actually going on inside you. And that is what it takes. And that is the thing that scares people often. There's this beautiful quote by a French philosopher, and I'm going to butcher this again, and I don't care. But, and he said something like, um, the biggest problem humans have is their incapability of just being in a room alone. Oh, yeah, my being, God. Or How being alone. Oh, yes. Being alone. I so butchered that. But and being in silence. He nailed it. He nailed it. That is why people are distracting themselves, numbing themselves, suppressing their emotions through alcohol, drugs, food, shopping, being busy, overscheduling, binging yeah, so, so, Netflix, so you, everything. You are a big advocate like me for stillness. Yes. <laughs> I love yes. the word. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. We are we are advocates for stillness. Yes. And um, yes, even the word stillness and silence can make me emotional. So there is like in leap of faith yes. that resonance. But the word stillness is so beautiful, and words like serene, serenity, um, yes. you know, this kind of beautiful words like po poetry for me, where I know I. I need, my body needs, my soul needs stillness, quietness, slowing down, yeah. listening, feeling. And I, I think that's what, yeah, what I do in my work to bring people again in connection with something so easy, but so beautiful. Yes. And you do the same. So it's really, yes. it's not a coincidence that we're talking here. No, it's not. It's not. And I would like to invite everyone who's listening now to, I don't know, maybe you were listening to this while you were doing something else, or maybe you were making notes, or maybe you were thinking about other things, but just whatever it is you were doing, 
are doing now besides listening to this, stop. Unless you're driving a car, continue yes. to look out. You know, yeah, of course, don't be stupid. Find the parking space. Yes. But other than that, take a moment now to just fully be here. Yeah. Be and this, I think now. this is the, like, this is the, this is what we call self-care. And, and maybe you call it defined selfishness. Can you, can you explain that title? Because I think part of it will be quietness and me time, right? Yes. And what I mean by divine selfishness is that you put your soul first. And what that means is, and that has to do with what I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, that I truly believe that everyone, when everyone is true to what their soul wants for them, and you can also call that living from your heart. Mm -hmm. When you do that, when you come from your soul or when you live from your heart or when you come from love, call it what you want to call it. When you do that, you are automatically connected to the well-being of everyone because we are all one. And we all are here to support one another in one way or another. But you don't have to sacrifice yourself in order to contribute to the lives of others, which is something that a lot of women do. They sacrifice themselves because they are trained and conditioned to care for others, to be yes. pleasing, to be nice, to be liked. And it's ancient old conditioning and fucking bullshit and but it you don't contribute to anyone if you do not care for yourself first and if you don't live the life that you are meant to live so when you put your soul first when you put yourself first people call that selfish i and that has a very negative connotation. i know for me, it doesn't. No, but if you look at the word, I wrote it down, selfishness. I have the word self underlined. So it's about yes. the self, the soul. Exactly. And the ish means, so that's the center. That comes first. Exactly. And that's what comes first. And the reason I added the word divine to it is because you also have the selfish selfish stuff on like a surface ego level and that's the thing like yes. oh i really feel like punching you in the face now yeah no <laughs> that doesn't come from soul that doesn't come from love that comes from wounding that comes from pain that comes from fear that comes from an imbalance so no i am definitely not saying follow those impulses no because they don't come from your soul but the selfishness that comes from your soul automatically serves the whole whether or not it looks like that because it can still mean that you disappoint someone it can still mean that you do something that someone else doesn't like that's fine as long as you come from love yeah as long as there's this beautiful poetry it's a very long one the invitation do you know that it's like yes. something disappoint others to be true to yourself there's one exactly. line in it and each time yes. I read it, and I, I will publish it again because it's so beautiful. Uh, there is an other line that really strikes me. Yeah, but this one I remember because you're talking about it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, take first care of yourself. 
And at that moment, uh, in other words, you are like raising your own vibration, which is for the higher good of all. Yes. But maybe this sounds a bit too woo-woo for people. Um, no, but it's true and you don't have to believe it. You, you really, you don't have to believe it. I don't care. But what I do know is that the women I work with, they all resonate with the divinely selfish because they feel that they've been suppressing their own desires. They feel that they've been compromising. They feel that they've been sacrificing and they've been justifying it. And they've been trying to fit into a mold, the mold of entrepreneur, the mold of woman, the mold of mm. daughter, the mold of mother, the all these molds with all these so-called rules of how and who you're supposed to be and how you so you're supposed to act when you're a mother or a woman or an entrepreneur, whatever. And it stifles their soul. It just crushes them. Yes. And I'm all about freeing that up and honoring it and being true to what you feel is true for you wants to be expressed through you and by you to 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 honor that above everything else and then you know you 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 have those fears like yeah but what if other others criticize me what if they won't love me anymore what if what if this what if that mm -hmm. and dealing with those fears and offering a different perspective on that that's really what i do yeah, I hear your passion, Brigitte. You're mm. so passionate about it. And I, and I also hear the love in doing your work. Yeah, It really comes from a place of love. There's so much uh, warmth in your voice, like, you know, caring. I want to care, you know. You take care of yourself, but you care for others too this yes. way. Yeah. And, by, and by being, by living it. Because I think you're living it. You're living your defined selfishness and yeah not everybody will understand like you say but the women who understand they they'll get it yeah they they feel that they're compromising they feel they're justifying and um yeah thank you uh um Brigitte. we're getting a little bit to the end of the podcast and there's always always this remaining question and i didn't prepare you for that but i think you have a, gr a great answer for that uh, maybe you already answered it, but what would be your like number one advice to the listeners? For taking a leap of faith specifically? Yeah, I think so. Or whatever, whatever comes up from this conversation. Wow. Yeah. And no pressure, you know, you <laughs> expecting a great answer. Sure. So that totally relaxes me. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be an intuitive hit. <laughs> yes, but that's the only thing I can do. And yeah, well, an invitation. I don't have a tip. I have an invitation Great. for everyone listening now. And my invitation for you is when this podcast is finished, do not rush into your next activity don't allow yourself one minute more is perfect even 30 mm -hmm. seconds beautiful but allow yourself some space some stillness and ask yourself what 
is calling me now after hearing this podcast? What resonated? What message did this podcast have for me specifically? Feel into it. Make space for that answer. And maybe it comes up instantly. Maybe it comes to you a week from now. It doesn't matter. The answer will come. And it's not even so much about the answer as about practicing to make Mm. space for you. To make space for what is it that you truly want, need and desire right now? What is it that your soul life is inviting you to next? And you won't know if you don't listen. So make space and just feel. Yes. That's my invitation. I love it. Uh, This is is beautiful. And there is a tip inside of it. So it's great. So (laughs) you did did well. uh, Oh, thank you. (laughs) I'm inspired by doing it also. Um, What I'll do is, of course, when this podcast will be uh, published on... Um, on the different channels like SoundCloud, on the on the on the uh, Apple Podcast, I will also put it on LinkedIn, and I will write a post, and I will ask this question again. So, if you have listened to it, yeah, for if you're listening now, if you have listened to it, take some time after the podcast, let it integrate, and ask yourself that question: What is calling me now? And and I would love to have your uh, your answer if you would like to share that later on under one of the posts. And so thank you for listening. Thank you, Brigitte, for being here on the show. And I look forward to everybody who's listening to respond to this uh, beautiful question. Thank you. Thank you.